Welcome to Mighty Buildings Podcast. Each episode features architects, home builders, and industry professionals sharing their experiences, failures, and successes. At the end of each episode, we'll dive into how Mighty Buildings relates to the conversation through our use of 3D printing, robotics, and automation. I'm your host, Sam Rubin, Chief Sustainability Officer and one of the co-founders here at Mighty Buildings. Today, it's my distinct pleasure to welcome Paul Shabriari, the co-founder or founder and CEO of Ecomedes and a pioneer in the sustainable built environment. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, thanks for having me, Sam. And I am the Chief Innovation Officer. Chief we, Innovation uh, Officer, sorry. <laughs> is our Chief Executive Officer. But thank you for having me. And I'm really proud to be talking to you guys. I've really been following some of your work. And I think what you guys are doing in automation and, and you know 3D printing and, and sustainability and affordability of those kind of homes are going to be really important to kind of fill the need that we have. And, you know, I've, I've been blessed. I've been working on sustainability stuff ever since I got out of college. As an engineer, I love data. I love processes. I love looking at things. And I always kind of, you know, break buildings down into their Lego components. That goes back to me being a five-year-old. I just like <laughs> you know, looking at all the things, how they interconnect. And I think if you do a good job of interconnecting all the ingredients of a building or a home, then they can have really good combined impacts, whether it's around carbon or energy or water. And, and in Ecomedes, we're just really trying to make that whole process of finding all the greenest Legos easier for the architects, the designers, the contractors, the developers, because it's really not that easy. You know, I've been in this space for a long time, former lead faculty member, worked on all kinds of different projects from a Habitat house to projects out on the other part of, of the world in Dubai and everything in between. And, and it ends up always being around like, what do I have to do differently? What is, what is interconnected with what? And like, mm -hmm. how do we kind of systems think these things out? Because the system, you know, that we're trying to fix with sustainable solutions is pretty vast. Things are interconnected. Yeah. It's hard to get everyone to kind of row in the same direction and kind of understand that. So I'm really blessed to have a great team and, and have a wonderful set of data that every day we don't have to go out on that scavenger hunt to just find it because that's the starting point, right? Yeah. And what you guys are doing, I think, is such a such a crucial tool in how do we really address the realities of the climate crisis and the impacts that the built environment has on that. Um, and because that's a, like at the end of the day, I mean, and that, you, you used one of my favorite words, which is systems thinking, which is that that the fact that to really address climate crisis, we need to understand what are the different lever points and what are the and what are the lever points that might not be obvious. And so, so much of that is how do you make it easy uh, to, yeah. to do the right thing? Because that, that's something I've come back to time and again is like, how do we make it easy for people to make the right choice? Because yeah. at the end of the day, humans are incredibly well-meaning, but we're yeah. also creatures of comfort. And creatures of ease and we tend to tend to follow the path of least resistance so if we can create make that path of least resistance the one that leads to the the best outcome for as many people as possible that to me i think is is really powerful and so what you guys are doing is i think a huge part of that um, within the built environment yeah so i, I think one of the, the first things i learned is you know as, as i came out and, and got out of engineering school went to go work for a great contractor in atlanta and just saw like the need for owners needing more roi in green buildings lead was coming out of the gates and you know, somehow I felt like, oh, you know, I could be an entrepreneur. My, my parents are both immigrants. They're kind of entrepreneurs thinking. And I built a, a database in the early days in 2000 called Construct Green. And it was an online database of green construction materials that just happened to be about 22 years too soon for itself, right? <laughs> the internet, like, involved a CD-ROM. It spun around. It made weird yeah. noises. Moms made noises. Like, it just wasn't ready. You know, I think some people wanted to know about green, but it was nowhere near. And I had no business trying to build like the Amazon of green building products back then and quickly realized like people needed more, more help. So I became a consultant and 
mm-hmm. built out a business, you know, called Green Mind Consulting and Green Mind Inc. And kind of just help people think through like, what do you want as an owner? How do we get your architect and engineer contractor to deliver what you want as an owner mission? And then you got to go get the ingredients, right? So the person wants this on the menu. These are the sous chefs and the prep kitchen folks. And then they, they played it, right? And I think what that taught me is like, you know, you have to make it easy on the consulting side because there's just a lot of variables. So clients would just say like, give me Watson water. You know, so I always call it like Watson water, dollars and cents. Like yep. that seems to be like the baseline of almost every green conversation that I've had for the last 20 years. But then I, it became an issue of like what ingredients, right? So like sourcing ingredients for a restaurant is key. I think sourcing ingredients for better sustainable real estate decisions is a huge, huge, vast interconnected thing. There's the money, there's the development, there's the land, there's the traffic patterns. There's so many things that are there. But at the core, like we got to build better civilization. Like yeah. the buildings that make up civilizations and cities need to be properly planned and associated. Because if you put in a city that needs a lot of stuff in the wrong spot, it, you could run into trouble. You know, we have some oh, lakes yeah. in the West that are not doing so good. And there's a lot of cities downstream of those lakes that really need that water. It's not just let's go party in Lake Mead. It's like, well, right. a lot of people drink by Lake Mead. So I think it's, it's, inter- it's interesting how these problems surface. And like you've said it, like sustainability has to be simplified so that most people can absorb it and support it. Yeah. And right now, complexity, I believe, has constrained our ability to make better decisions quickly because it's just like too many variables. And then we go, you know, we get distracted. And certainly, you know, a lot of us, you know, had COVID on our minds and all this other stuff. Like people want an easier solution. In a lot of industries and construction just happens to be one that's really ripe for, for innovation. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of it is, is the fact that particularly in this day and age, there's so many options. There's so much out there. We're kind of really curious your, your thoughts on, on on some of that, given kind of this rush into try. It's like we're kind of getting that sense of urgency now, but for so many people, it's almost too much and like it's almost overwhelming. It feels, creates a little sense of paralysis, or at least that's kind of what it feels like at times. I agree with you. I think there's so much complexity that people get kind of overwhelmed. I'm really uh, encouraged by the fact that for the first 20 years of my life, in this space, building you know several different little startups and green tech companies. One thing that really fascinated me was uh, we, we always had to grab the, the finance people to the table. We were always like, mm-hmm. please listen to us. Please, we, we have an idea. Now, like honestly, since COVID, it's completely flipped where they're coming and they've got you know barrels and you know cash vaults of, of money to invest in, in ideas and in companies and in technology. And I'm so encouraged by that because you know, money is the thing that makes real estate go around. That's that's the driver. Let's yeah. just be honest. That's the driver. Some of the problems we have are because people only looked at that and not a balance. Now we have money looking at ESGs, looking at sustainability, looking at UNSDG goals. I think you're one of the only companies I've looked at recently that actually creates a complex product, which is a sum of lots of parts, not just the ones you guys amazingly 3D printed. And I just can't wait to learn more about that. But like you're talking about SDGs on your website and you're saying here it is here's the icon here's the color here's the you know iconography but here's how we think about supporting it Mm -hmm. and i think that's brilliant and it helps people like simplify it down and understand like if i buy this home if i buy this mod if i buy this you know adu these are all things i can be doing because i want to generate extra income in my house in la and these guys can kind of do it turnkey guys and girls yeah so wonderful team of both uh, yeah, and that's part of why my title is Chief Sustainability Officer. I could have chosen yeah. Chief Strategy Officer. I could have chosen Chief Compliance Officer. Like, there's any number of because 
I get to be the, the jack of all trades on the founding team. So I like yeah. to say no, but for us, for, it was really important because that's to us really p- part of our stake in the ground. Like that, yeah. that, that we're planting our flag, that this is core to who we are. Um, and that's, that's part of why we've committed to being carbon neutral by 2028. So 22 yeah. years ahead of the broader industry, because we have to be addressing the climate and the housing crisis as a dual crisis, because housing is such yeah. and construction more generally and energy use of building such a big lever in the, in that fight. Um, and, and, in, and figuring out how do we create um, housing and create buildings that allow humanity, allows humanity to thrive, because if we're going to build the billion plus houses that we need without addressing the climate impacts, I mean, that's, that's not a world that I want to live in, because um, we might yeah. have great houses, but we're not going to be able to go outside. Yeah, I mean, my, my daughters were growing up in this space, and I always felt really good about doing more and flying around. And one of the things that really kind of, in my year sabbatical when I was thinking of Ecomedes, it's named after Archimedes, you know, a little play on, like, leverage the yeah. data around eco decision. And, you know, it really shocked me. Like, I had flown 2 million miles away from my family during my, you know, kind of traveling, heavy traveling consultative career. And now the platform that me and my team work on every day, like we're helping thousands of people make better decisions, whether it's like what best bath fan to use that's on Energy Star, that's low noise, or what best flooring to buy, or what best, you know, furniture to buy, best ceiling, best drywall. And the thing is, I I feel great because it's as if I was helping them. I'm not charging them for the help because the tool's free. And if they buy the better thing and put it into their building, it's making civilization somewhere else in the world greener with little to no effort from us, but huge impact. And I think that's the scaling that I think what your guys' solution is really keen on is like, let's just scale it and let this 3D printer print facades all night and let the, the technicians come in the morning and now let's start assembling. So I think it's just, it's brilliant how you guys have found parts of the pieces to make it better and make it faster to overcome some of the challenges we have with labor and training and, you know, maybe people not wanting to go into old construction, but what if, you know, I'd love to go yeah. work in your factory. It looks like an amazing, cool, high-tech, vibrant place to work in, which is not like typically what construction jobs are, are thinking about. Yeah, and then that's one of the reasons, one of the things that that's like one of our goals is not just the sustainable building, but also to attract a new generation of workers into the industry um, yeah. to, to really lift the entire industry up. Because even with automation and everything, we still need good good people to make it all happen and to really yeah. bring it all to life. And so that's, yeah, that's a huge, huge point. Um Given kind of your unique journey, I would love to hear a bit more about kind of kind of how how that got you to where you are now, where you really are helping thousands of people every year find the right product to make their home both more comfortable but also greener. Yeah, so I think it's just it's all been about a, a great team of people that have come together to try to solve like you know typically in a startup you look at all the pain points in the industry like mm-hmm. well it's hard to find things so builders you know and developers are always like well I want to build the right product for the for the industry or the right product for my demographic. And do it as easily as possible. And they go, they go, well, I got hire architects and engineers and civil engineers and mechanics. Like, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of risk. So they put a bunch of allocation capital and hope that, you know, in Florida, we have lots of neighborhoods that are, you know, a thousand houses, 5,000 houses. You know, there's, there's communities that are like, you know, many cities. And if yeah. you don't make the right decision, you kind of live with the consequences of that bad design for a long time. Right. And I think. Now with data and as, you know, as a kind of a, you know, I wasn't a digital nomad. I grew up with, you know, internet that came on a CD. Now I think the next generation wants more out of us, you know, in our industry for delivering a housing product. I think it's not what I wanted when I was coming out of school or a young family, like we're on the the tail end. So we need to downsize our house. And I think the, the unique thing about what we try to do is to try to make it easier for everyone to do the tedious kind of scavenger hunt work. I call it in sustainability, mm-hmm. 
and let everyone kind of use all their best brain power, like early in the morning, like let's figure out the best solution of better skin means less HVAC need meets, you know, better window placement, which means less artificial light, you know, and that means everything is smaller. The amount of solar panels you need on the top to run one of your new houses in California is going to be less. So I think it's like optimizing all these best decisions and that really is a data-driven discovery process. And we're just really happy to help amazing people that are doing the work. Because as a consultant, I realized like my advice didn't really make the planet better until someone actually followed it and built yeah. it and followed through with it. I, I love the fact that we can help lots of people be kind of heroes. One of my really good friends in marketing said, you know, you're not you're not you're never as a startup Batman or Robin. <laughs> you're like Alfred. You give the people all the cool stuff or Q and James Bond reference, like we want to give them the tools to be better because ultimately it's their purchase. And if the tools and the products are better and the customer feels like they're Batman, right? They're the hero. It's their money that has to be spent. Someone has to buy one of your products, put it in that in the backyard in Oakland. And suddenly they're doing what their part is, which is adding another dwelling unit, bringing maybe the low, lower cost housing process in the place and, you know, making it a more affordable place to live while, being earthquake resistant and wildfire resistant, all the other things that people are looking for when they live in a part of the country that might have that or hurricanes in our area, right? It's hurricane season. You know, you want to have a strong house. You don't want to be yeah. having to run three states away because there's a little bit of wind coming. That really, really resonates with me. I mean, because one of our, our vision is really to be a tool for industry. Like not to, not to be like a Katera and do it all ourselves, but really to be a tool that can unlock, help legacy players and help everyone who are doing amazing things out there do more. And really yeah. allow them to maximize the value of their existing teams and really unlock uh, the possibilities that you know, being more sustainable, being more productive, um, and really lifting all boats in that way, while also decarbonizing the, the built environment. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think the innovation of both the material side of your business and also just being able to optimize and really kind of decision optimize a lot of intricate systems that all have to go in one, how you guys have spliced and said, okay, there's this one place where these two things are going to join, but they're all efficiently built. The bathroom and the kitchen are going to be close together because water lines don't need to be run in a spaghetti structure. Exactly. Like, you know, single family homes are built. It's just like, whatever, who's up ever's in the attic first gets to run lines. However, and that's not, <laughs> well, not efficient from a material standpoint, but also not an efficient from an operational standpoint because that yeah. bad decision will live on for 30 to 50 years. And I think that's yeah. the other thing about like civilizations that aren't around on this planet anymore. The, the, almost every one of the stories, if you look back, it's like they did something wrong on sustainability side. But sustainability should be the baseline because, like yeah, you said, that's exactly. all just sustaining life. Like we want better than sustenance. Like I'd like to have a, a great marriage, not just like one that's like petering along. Like I want to have a great relationship. Like it's not just one that's like, you know, indifferent. Not thriving, not just surviving. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's, that's really kind of cool about the process. You've got a unique uh, viewpoint on kind of what exciting products are out there. And I would love to maybe hear about some of the products that you're really, really excited about or that you see kind of trends you see coming down the pipeline, but that maybe our listeners haven't heard of yet. Yeah. So I think it's, it's really interesting. We have this like general camp of just performance. So we have like, you know, the, the high performers of Energy Star and WaterSense. And so we have so much data coming into our platform. We re-index and get data on a monthly basis. So the best, you know, refrigerators, the best office supply, office equipment, like everything's always changing. That's the one thing that kind of really shocked me. We started out with like 15 attributes that could grade any product going into a lead building. And that was great and mm -hmm. felt super accomplished. And now we have over, you know, 2,500, I think last count wow. independent eco attributes 
that run the gamut, you know, how you look at flooring versus how you look at plumbing versus how you look at wallboard is all different. But in the end, like the recipe needs to be, I think, around like five major areas, right? Mm -hmm. It's ROI. So it has to be long lasting, super durable, you know, relatively, you know, within the price range. And anything that's too far of an outlier, the construction industry just, we don't know how to pencil that because the actuaries and all the people that have to evolve, you know, the the perform of the project are just going to kick it out. So you got to always be like, price competitive than Watts and water, right? That those are the two big operational concerns in any building that's going to run for, you know, a long time, you know, embodied carbon is a huge one. Now that we're realizing like, Hey, building a lot of yeah. bad stuff really now is going to be something we can't amateurize over the time. So kind of balancing operational carbon and, and embodied carbon or embedded carbon and then human health and just general planet health. So I always put human health a little first because it's something we feel more viscerally. So we want to make mm-hmm. things not only healthier, by removing toxins, but like, are they actually good spaces? Are they good, you know, in terms of light quality and air quality? And then ultimately, like, we do have to think about the decision we make in general on planetary perspective. So I've been reading a lot about, you know, certain products are coming out with really good LCA data and really good embodied carbon data. But also when you look at the links that some of these products are designed to last, that is really, really important. So I think some of the, the stuff you guys are doing on the innovative skin and you know, not only its structure, but how easy it can be reshaped to do different kind of finishes using your CNC kind of you know post-secondary process. And you can make it, but if someone wanted vertical, ver- you know, so it's like it's one cavity that could probably live seven different ways in the real world. That's really ambidextrous, and all you're doing is taking off a couple pieces of surface and then reusing that in some other process. I think the the zero waste of the production of civilization is really intriguing to me because we live in a state with kind of flat Florida. Yep. And well, we've got that like, little ridge down the center. Yeah, a little ridge <laughs> down the center, but most of it's kind of flat. And everywhere that we go, in most counties, the tallest landmass is our landfill. And that's now, right? I grew yeah. up in Florida almost all my life. My kids, what is it going to look like in 25 years when they have kids? Yeah, no, 100%. And God, I can, we could this we could talk for hours, it sounds like. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, that talk, is all the time. We ought to do a weekly call. I think we'll, we'll have a good time. Maybe I'll I, Friday, I would love to. Hey, maybe we should start co-hosting. I like, yeah, I like it. Like, that would be a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, thank you so thank much, you Paul. So much. Again, I host, uh, host uh, guest today. It's been Paul Shariari, the uh, founder and chief innovation officer for Ecomedes, an amazing, amazing uh, cloud-based platform for helping uh, construction industry identify green solutions that fit their needs. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today, Paul, and really, really appreciate you having you on the show. Thank you, and keep up the great work there in Mighty Buildings. <laughs>